It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Never seen the sky so blue. The birds are singing, I got nothing to do. Hey, 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 hey. It is sunny day. Sunny day now. My pocket's empty, my cupboard's bare. But call me illogical, I just don't care. Hey, hey, hey. It is a sunny day. It's the KSL Greenhouse. Expert tips for flowers, trees, gardens, and soil. Our hosts are Maria Chaleos and Ton Bettis on KSL News Radio. Good morning. Thank you for spending your Saturday morning with the KSL Greenhouse. Maria and Ton with you. We'll be taking your calls at 801-575-8255. Phone lines are open. You can also text us your questions at 57500. Our feature here at the top of the 10 o'clock hour is uh, talking about pruning your shrubs and giving some advice on that. And I was telling you, Ton, my boxwoods have already gotten out of control and you can only cut them back so far. Forgot to turn on my mic again. Uh, turn on the mic, man. Well, for shrubs, it can be very difficult to prune them if you're wanting a hedge because after fifteen or twenty years, you oftentimes shear them so much at the same size that they run out of buds that will produce new growth, and then they get thinner and thinner. And so there are ways to work with that, but you have to let the shrubs grow out a few inches every year to keep those buds generating enough. And so the hedge may eventually become a little big for the situation. Hmm. When is the best time to be pruning shrubs? In mid-March in general, there are some exceptions. But so the exceptions would be if you are pruning your your spring flowering shrubs, so lilacs and the uh, snowball bush, viburnums, anything that blooms in April, May, you prune right after it's done blooming. But otherwise, if it's summer blooming, so the Rose of Sharon, butterfly bush, they can be pruned now. And so for most bushes, you would use a technique called renewal pruning. And we have a fact sheet up that will explain it a little more but you are taking and putting, uh, taking out about a 25% of the branches every year. And that'll keep the size down. If it's a flowering shrub, it'll bloom more. And it will keep enough new growth in there that you can maintain that size on you know a shrub without eventually pruning all the the new growth, the buds that will bear new growth out of the plant. This article that we've put up on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page, it's really funny because uh, the person has oversheared their shrubs. <laughs> Some shrubs shouldn't be just sheared no. straight across the top. So this picture looks like it has Photinia and white azaleas with maybe some euonymus. And they are oversheared, and you have these boxed shrubs <laughs> with flowers here and there on them. 
they look like big cubes of plants. Yeah, and so, so unnatural. It is. And so farther down, it'll talk about thinning shrubs, and this is where the renewal pruning is explained. In a, and then a little farther down, it will talk about your uh, how to do hedges. And the reason people like to put the hedge into a V shape mm-hmm. or straight up and down, and you actually want that hedge in a rough A shape to where the edge, the bottom of the hedge sticks out farther than the top so that it can capture more sunlight. Oh, bottom of the hedge sticks out more. Yes. And so that's the proper way to do those. But and then there's some also some ways to prune informal hedges. So an informal hedge where you just keep the bushes to the size you want without giving them that perfect haircut, you're going to use renewal pruning after the third or fourth year. But it shows you how to shear it the first two years to get it really dense. And then after that, you can either kind of shear it into that. A shape or just continue with renewal pruning to keep it less formal but into the size you want. Yeah, I understand the formal hedge and I understand a lot of the shrubs look good as a formal hedge. Not all of them do. What is the advantage, though, of keeping the plant its normal shape and pruning it so it looks more natural? The advantage is, is you'll have more foliage and so potentially the shrubs will stay healthier. And it's not as hard to maintain them because you're just going in and removing 25% of the branches toward the base every year and then giving it a light haircut. And so it will sometimes uh, make it so that if you do want to turn it into a more formal hedge, because of that renewal pruning, it's easier to do and you have a lot more branches in there. But the less formal heads is a little easier to maintain and potentially the bushes are just a bit healthier. And then pruning some evergreens can be more complicated and maybe shouldn't be done. Yes. And are you, are you talking the conifers? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. So the evergreens, and so there were a lot of dwarf evergreens. So we're talking junipers, sometimes pine, sometimes spruce. So when they shoot new growth out, you let that new growth extend fully out. And it's called candling. And when those candles are fully elongated but still soft, you can shear about a third to 40% of that new growth off, and there will still be enough growth there to maintain the health of the bush. If you keep shearing the same size, eventually you cut so much off that it kills them. Right. Uh, Some of us have let life just run wild and some of our bushes have run wild as well. You can only cut back a bush so far without yeah, killing it, right? Yeah, and that's where you use renewal pruning so that you can go in and take 25% of the branches out. And if you take the biggest branches with the most girth at the toward the base of the shrub, you actually will take the size of that down by about a third. Okay. And then you can go in and give it a light haircut after you're done, and you can take a, a six or a ten foot shrub down to seven, six or seven feet fairly easily using renewal pruning with just a light haircut. My husband went crazy with the boxwood last last year, and I thought for sure that it wouldn't come back. I mean, he almost went down to the bare wood 
And honestly, it did start to come back. I, I can't wait to see what it looks like yeah. this year. I might have to send you some pictures. And sometimes it's a terrible that idea, though. is an option if you're ready to rip them out. It is a terrible idea because it looks ugly for two or three years at least. But I have seen people with lilacs and privet and snowball bushes just go go for it and cut them back down to 18 inches, two feet high. And it takes three or four years, but they will grow back. And then you can manage them to keep them at a smaller size. And even with hedges, I've seen people do that and then let them regrow. And they usually do if come back. you can back. stand what it looks like yes. for two or three years. So I can't wait to see what it looks like this year. But I did notice at the end of the season, it actually did start to leaf out and was looking yeah. so better. Hopefully they come better, back. not good. All right. Yeah, you know, One of the craziest things I've seen, I know we need to go to a break, is people will use Siberian elm, which is our weedy elm tree. Mm-hmm. And if you keep it small, it tolerates hedging really well. But if you miss a year, it'll grow six or eight feet and you're in trouble. And so it's just like playing with fire. But for a long time, Siberian elm was sold as a hedge plant. I really like this article that we're putting up because it does show you exactly the shape and how to prune them. Because when you say an A shape, you're looking at some of your bushes and you're going, how do I make that into an A shape? Yeah, and it's not that you want to point on the top. It's just that the bottom is wider than the top. Right. And some really great pictures, a great article on pruning bushes up on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page. We're going to take a break. Phone lines are open, though. Now's a great time to call 801-575-8255. You can also text us 57500. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for spending your Saturday morning with the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Chaleos, Tom Bettis with you. Number to call with your questions and the phone lines are open 801-575-8255. Let's go back to our text lines. You can text us 57500. Uh, next listener, Tom says they're in Highland. They need to replace the soil in their grow boxes. Uh, with, they want to know how to go about that. What kind of soil should they actually put in there? Raised bed mix. Autocorrect just kills me. I'm yeah. sorry. That's why that pause. Ooh. Yeah. So if they are raised beds, and especially if they're not really huge, I would just go get some raised bed mix, either bulk or in bags, and just take the old soil out and replace it with the commercial raised bed mix. If they're very extensive, they're very large, and say they have native soil in it, then I would get two or three inches of compost and till it in. And maybe put down just a small amount of triple 16 spread out in each bed to help break down the compost. Yeah, because some of them are really deep. Do you have to replace all of the soil in there? You want to do at least six inches deep if they're very deep. And you would do the two or three inches of compost and hopefully use a clay or not, excuse me, a sandy loam, not clay, 
but use a sandier loam or a sandy soil mixed with compost. Okay, next listener says, when is a good time to purchase and plant Japanese flowering cherry trees? And what is a good distance between the trees to plant them? You want to purchase them when they're available. There will be several varieties available in garden centers from probably late March into June. And it really depends on which ones you plant because the snow fountains cherry, which is only going to get five or six feet high and wide, is a Japanese flowering cherry. Mm -hmm. But so is something like Kwanzan, which gets 30 feet high and 20 feet wide. And so intermediate Akebono is kind of intermittent between that or intermediate between that. And so it really just depends on how big that tree will get. Uh, Next listener says... They have a variety of raspberries. They need pruning. They don't have any idea which variety is which. So are there some things in general that they can do? Yes. Take out all the dead canes from last year. The bark will be sloughing off. After you do that, you're going to leave a strong cane every six inches. So a strong cane is something considered bigger than the width of a pencil. And then after you get done thinning those canes to every six inches, cut them at chest height. Uh, Next person is concerned about the snow on their boxwoods. They have three pom-pom boxwoods. Two of them have been buried in the snow all winter, and they're wondering if they should dig them out. If they're just buried, that's fine, most likely because they tolerate the 32 degrees, which the snow is at. If they've had snow piled on them and it's bending them over, then they need to get that snow off. Okay. Russ is on the line in Orem. Good morning, Russ. What is your question? Uh, Similar type question, only for my lawn. Uh, Because of the heavy snow, it's never all uh, melted. And it's ice and snow and the the lawn burn or whatever you call it. I don't know what to do to rejuvenate my lawn once this ice and snow finally leaves my lawn. So... Are you just worried because it turned brown over the winter, or did you have prior problems? Well, I've had prior problems um, in different spots where the snow has uh, uh, just been on the the grass for much of the winter. So you're probably talking about snow mold. uh, It could be. I'm not sure what I'm talking about, to be honest with you. I just know the grass doesn't want to come back in the spring. Is it when the snow melts off, the grass is kind of matted down and kind of straw yellow or almost white? Uh, There's that. And then uh, given a few uh, uh, weeks, it still is real slow to come back. Well, does it happen in shaded areas or areas that you pile a lot of snow? More where I pile because I snow yeah, blow. That's snow, that's snow mold most likely. And rake it off, and it will take five or six weeks for the laundry cover from that. And sometimes it can get bad enough that it will take longer or it does kill the grass. You need to reseed or resod. I'm a little hesitant because if you're blowing snow out there, I mean, it's not that it's super deep, but it is more dense and would take a little longer to melt off. You know, if you were shoveling snow into six foot piles, those areas are especially susceptible, but it very well could be if the lawn was relatively green in the fall, comes out in the spring and it's matted down and brown, 
than it is snow mold. There's no fungicides you can use. You just rake it off and let let it recover and maybe top dress with some new seed to see if you can speed things along. Hmm. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Russ. Thanks for your call this morning. Next listener, Ton, says, what about rose bushes? Is it too cold to prune them now? No, it's not too cold. The I would wait just a few more weeks, though. We don't need to get into a rush. The weather is two or three weeks behind where we should be on average highs. And so in mid-March, we're usually in the 50s during the day. And right now we're in the low 40s and high 30s. So if you had to, you could prune now. But if you can wait, give it till mid-March. Okay. Buck is wondering. He has laurel bushes that are too big. He says, when and how much can I cut them back? Mid-March, I would use the renewal pruning, so downloader fact sheet, and take out about 25% of the branches toward the middle of the bush, and then just shape it lightly after you're done. Okay, and one of our listeners needs a reminder, Ton, on when they can prune uh, their fruit trees. Apples and pears in mid-February, stone fruits in mid-March. Okay, and since we're running a little bit late, they can still do the ones that they didn't Yes, the temperatures are cool enough that they can still do apples and pears. Okay, we need to take a break for the bottom of the hour news. Number for you to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. You can text us, 57500. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.